Hey there, welcome to another episode of Fast Forward, a podcast from QSR Magazine. My name is Sam Okus. I am the editor of QSR and the editorial director of Foo News Media. Normally on the show, we share interviews with fast casual founders, innovators, and entrepreneurs about how they built up their business, how they overcome the challenges of today, and where they're heading in the future. Uh, we still have a full archive of those interviews available on this feed. I highly encourage you to go check those out. What we've been doing for the last couple of weeks, though, is talking to people around the restaurant industry about how specifically they're overcoming the challenges posed by coronavirus. Of course, this is an unprecedented time, and the restaurant industry is going through this season together and trying to figure out how to survive until we can put coronavirus behind us. Uh, And in order to do that, I really think information is critical. Ideas and tips, practical strategies for folks for getting through this season is, is essential for the restaurant industry. And so that's what we're trying to do, talk to a variety of people about those ideas on what they think the industry should do to overcome this crisis. So we've done many episodes over the last couple of weeks. Please check those out as well if you are seeking answers and help in getting through this time. And we will continue to do that over the coming weeks, probably fewer than we were doing maybe a couple a week. We'll also get back to our regularly scheduled programming, try to return to some sense of normalcy with some of our uh, pre-planned episodes with Fast Casual Innovators here in the coming weeks. Um, As always, I want to remind you that all of our content is available at qsrmagazine.com. If you're looking for coronavirus content specifically, go to qsrmagazine.com slash coronavirus. You can also email me at sam at qsrmagazine.com. If you think you have an interesting perspective to share, either on the website or this podcast, or if you just want to talk, I am always available to you. One quick thing I want to point out before I jump into today's conversation is we just published on our website uh, our inaugural Future of Fast Casual report. Uh, We were thrilled to partner with Darren Tristano uh, of Food Service Results to do this report. We had conducted the the study and done all of the research and the reporting before the coronavirus, Um, but this information is really as critical as ever, I think. Um, What you're going to see in this report is a lot of information about consumer sentiment toward fast casual, their ordering preferences. Uh, Overall, just a a broad look at the consumer attitudes toward fast casual pre-coronavirus, but again, I really believe um, it's going to be this way when we return post-coronavirus, perhaps even more so. I do think this report is probably going to be even more essential after the coronavirus because it really gets into some of the ordering habits, things like off-premises, things like the frequency with which customers visit burger fast casuals and pizza fast casuals and these kinds of things. Um, Go to qsrmagazine.com and you will find that future of fast casual report. Check it out. Tell us what you think. Again, you can send feedback to sam at qsrmagazine.com. There is a full report available as well. There are details there on how to purchase that full report. But if you go to the story on qsrmagazine.com, you will get a a glimpse at some of the data that is available to you, as well as perspectives from 10 different fast casual brands on how they are innovating uh, to rise above the competition. Okay, now I'm going to jump into today's conversation. I was really excited to have this interview with Todd Graves. He is the CEO and founder of Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Uh, If you don't know about Raising Cane's, uh, this is a really phenomenal company. Serves, of course, chicken fingers. Uh, But this isn't just any old chicken. This is really high quality chicken. While the menu is pretty simple, chicken fingers, Texas toast, fries, coleslaw, um, and a very, very delicious and addicting cane sauce. um, This brand is just blowing the lid off of uh, performance metrics. And if you look into it, I mean, it is continuing to grow like crazy. It is a billion dollar brand now. Um, And when we did our our drive through study a couple years ago, for the first time ever, we included Raising Cane's. And I just could not believe that from the data we found that Raising 
Hurricanes that year was both the fastest and the most accurate drive through in America. Um, I just I am so impressed by this chain. And a lot of that stems from Todd and his work that he's put into it for over 20 years. And now, again, building it into a billion dollar brand. I wanted to talk to Todd because, again, you know, talking to some of these perspectives from people who are leading these major chains with hundreds of locations, talking about how do you implement some of the changes uh, across a system consistently in order to keep everybody on track and keep keep the uh, ship navigating straight ahead through the coronavirus season. Um, but also, Todd has some really good things to talk about culture, talk about uh, employees, how you keep your employees safe, how you invest in them in this time. But then also, Todd gets into talking about some of the changes that they've made at Raising Cane's, um, and especially some of the changes that he thinks are going to stick around for the future, things that he has learned in this season that he believes will be long-term changes for the Raising Cane's business. So I'm going to roll now into a conversation with Raising Cane's founder and CEO, Todd Graves. Todd, tell me a little bit about the last month for you in Raising Cane's. How much has the business changed and evolved over the last few weeks? Oh, wow. It's just incredible uh, the last four weeks. I mean, I actually started tracking um, the coronavirus very heavily uh, since it hit China. Started uh, mm-hmm. really paying attention when Starbucks um, was uh, shutting down restaurants. I mean, their their locations, and you know, that gets your attention real quick, right? You know, yeah. It's amazing to me. I've done a lot of interviews, just you know, general media, and how many people don't understand that the restaurant business makes small margins off of large volumes, you know, and right. so, uh, so people don't understand the burn rate uh, and how things go. But uh, you know, for us in the business, we tracked it. We knew it was coming, and. Um, you know, and then, then it came, right? And so you prepare mm-hmm. for the uh, prepare for the worst and hope for the best, right? And so, uh, mm-hmm. you know, right off the bat, we lost thirty percent of sales. Um, you know, obviously the dine-in business uh, taking away, we're roughly about thirty percent. So that just went away immediately. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, in us, like uh, a lot of our sisters and brothers out in our incredible industry, we got resilient and we figured out how to push people through our drive-throughs quicker um, mm-hmm. and went back to about 25% down, which helps a lot, okay. right? And, For sure. And, and then now we're trending right at about 20% uh, less in sales. Um, you know, uh, thank goodness we have the the drive-through format uh, to keep these sales. Uh, my heart goes out to the people in the industry that do not have the drive-through. Uh, I, just, I hate it for them so much. You know, it's 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 mm-hmm. hard to, be, to make a restaurant profitable uh, to begin with, and then to have this, you know, where some people's sales are down 90%, it's just really, really sad. But, uh, yeah. but anyway, I hope with this payroll protection acts, you know, you know, through the, through the cares acts, people are getting the help they need the cash just to, to weather this terrible storm for them. But, but, you know, when it, when it started, uh, I'm gonna keep rambling when we started, no, go for it. we had to learn things, um, very quickly, uh, that we never, uh, knew existed, right. You know, um, terms like, uh, social distancing, you know, was never part of our vocabulary, right? And we mm-hmm. learned really quickly how to do that. We had takeout orders and we actually actually just, you know, just did some common sense things, put X's on the floor, uh, saying, hey, right. you know, staying this far apart, right? Um, mm-hmm. We're clean freaks at Cane's. I mean, this is, you know, it's our job to serve a food safe product, uh, obviously to the public every day. And I take it very seriously because I'm feeding people's children, right? And, and, and mm-hmm. I have children of my own. And I, I want when I go to restaurants, them to have a food safe product. But this had to go to another Uber level of focus, right? And so sanitization and, and training your crew really quickly on that. Uh, like I said, the social distancing and, and handing with extended arms out of drive through uh, immediately block scheduling, right? We never did block yeah. scheduling, but if you know if one crew 
uh, ended up getting the coronavirus, you could take that whole block out of the restaurant and, and, and do the other block that wasn't affected. You know, all these things. And, and look, you know, we, we come from a, a, an industry of hardworking, resilient people, right? We're all dishwashers and fry cooks and cashiers and, mm-hmm. and we get it done. And um, the industry does. And, and we learned all these things very quickly and we've done it. Um, so, you know, we've been able to maintain that, that the sales we're burning through cash, you know, basically we're living off our credit line. Um, mm. and, uh, but that's okay. You know, and, and, and because, because what our motto is, is no crew member left behind. And we're, we're, uh, we're working, uh, really, really hard, uh, to keep the same crew that we went into this pandemic, uh, mm-hmm. coming out of this pandemic as well. And we're able to do that because we're really pushing that drop through right now. Yeah. So you and I have talked before about this culture that you guys have at Raising Cane's. I mean, this is something you guys have built up for over 20 years now. And I imagine that's paying dividends now. Tell me about how you are, how you're communicating with your teams and how you're reassuring them in this time, because it's obviously kind of scary for them to have to to go to work in this time. What are you doing to make sure that you can, you know, keep them calm and keep them focused on a common goal? Yeah. I mean, constant, clear and constant communication, right? And that comes from me. You know, it comes from me mm-hmm. and my team members. They have to know how engaged I am for their personal safety. Look, this is my family. You know, this is my mm-hmm. family. This is my baby. I started and I hope I can grow to be an old man and still be doing it. And, uh, you know, it's it's constant communication on their own safety. Right. You know, first off is 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 the motivating factor of it is, is look, we're a, we're an essential business. And that's important to this country right now. And mm-hmm. keeping our restaurants open to serve the public. Uh, we're as important as a grocery store. We're as important as as uh, almost everything up to, you know, our, our biggest heroes out in the world right now are the healthcare providers, right? They're, they're helping sick people and, and risking themselves. But doing sure. everything in the restaurants, they know how seriously we take it. And, you know, I did the first video um, that I did to the crew talking about just basically explaining what was COVID, you know, here's you know, basically mm-hmm. the virus. I had to educate myself, right? And my teams did. It's like down to things like, hey, keep doing what we're doing in the restaurants, but, but let's sanitize more and more often. Let's do social distancing. Uh, with each other uh, in the restaurants, um, you know, if you feel sick, don't come to work. If you feel any symptoms, because we want to protect our, our, you know, our fellow crew uh, crew members, and you know, and doing things like installing, uh, you know, these new sneeze guards in the drive-through window. You know, but yeah. I never would have thought about it, and I wouldn't have been 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 in favor of it because I love my crew being face to face. But you know what? They're not bad. You know, you still see the crew members hmm. here. I'm fine. So I think that's a, and I think that will stick. With the industry, yeah. you know, they can hand out underneath it. So, look, we got, you know, outside of COVID, you know, we got flu and we have all kinds of other things. I think that's going to make us us better. But look, it's clear and constant and it's and it's it's reminders. Like I said, those first from the first videos to, hey, don't touch your face to where, you know, little things like that. Like, hey, I do it, too. I'm going to stop as well. But then reminding them, hey, hey, I know you're tired and I know we're working hard. But remember, you know, we got to keep doing these things. We got to keep doing we got to make them part of our our everyday practice. And, um, and I think those things are just really going to stick, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. but as an industry, but yes, the culture comes back to you. You got crew members and they know you love them and they know you appreciate them. And then they come back and they do, they show up, they keep the lights on. And so it really is, uh, I'm really, really proud of my team and it's a privilege to work with them. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And how about on the customer side of things? I mean, what are some ways, did you have to get a little bit creative in, in keeping them coming back? Were there any kinds of deals, discounts, anything like that, that you guys are trying to work up to try to remind your customers that you can be that reliable meal source for them? Yeah, no, we didn't do any type of uh, family deals. Uh, you know, just we have our you know individual 
chicken finger boxes, you know, with the different sizes. And we also have our, you know, we call them tailgates, you know, they're, they're our large order formats. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think because of our customers know how serious I am about delivering a food safe product, right. And really mm-hmm. their money. I think our customers, um, our customers felt safe and secure and especially through that drive through format. And so I did, uh, you know, I did shift marketing focus like immediately, like four weeks ago, I shot commercials in front of a green screen and talked about Raising Cane's is going to be doing higher uh, sanitization than CDC guidelines and social distancing. Um, that I take it very seriously to have, you know, a safe food product for them and their families. And we're also going to be protecting our own crew. I mean, that's just commercials I cut like immediately showing our crew members with gloves, you know, going out the drive through, um, you know, showing how we're, we're showing our crew, you know, sanitizing. Uh, and, and everything like that, like it's, it's, it's that communication to the customers to show them. But then, you know, at the beginning we had to show people we were open, you know, when the people mm. said, Hey, stay at home. It's like, Hey, restaurants are an essential business. We are going to be open, you know, we're going to be right. open like, um, you know, like, 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 like grocery stores are and everything else. So we mm-hmm. had to let them know, we had to send, we send in, um, letters to, uh, you know, to the editors to say, Hey, get the news out. Like I said, shout it from the rooftops is what we said. Restaurants mm. are open for business and restaurants need they need need your sales, you know. That we we need to keep our people employed. Yeah, and it's you know we've we've done some of this coverage on QSR and FSR, which is this idea that in restaurants really are not any more dangerous than the grocery store, and yet there's been this sort of mob mentality toward the grocery store. So it's like we have to remind customers that restaurants, you know, for the most part, are practicing these safe practices, and you're doing it without being around all these people like you would be in a grocery store. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, no knock against the, the grocery industry, but I think it's safer to get food through, you know, let's say a drive-through than it is in the lines in the, in the grocery. And I think, like you said, the mob mentality, when everybody's going to the grocery stores, my goodness, there was not social yeah. distancing happening. People were all Mm-mm. on top of each other. The amount of hands that were touching products that, you know, looking at products went right back to the to the products and things like that. And so when you look at your other, you know, your loved ones, I'm like, you know, telling my mother, mom, you don't need to be going to the to the grocery right now until they figure out the social distancing, which I think they've come a really long way. You know, there are yeah. on the floor now and they're keeping people safe, people apart and things like that. Another thing too, is people don't have time to cook three meals a day. Right. And so, mm-hmm. so you need to be able to go to restaurants and some man, just, just, just the fact that we, we not only, we not only provide cheap calories, you know, when you think about it, very economical, do we, do, you know, mm-hmm. do we do this? It's also, it's comfort food. It's, it's food of normalcy, you know, when you're when you're trapped up every day, you know I I go to work, I come to my office, and I'm not going to my restaurants right now, which kills me. But we don't want any we call cross pollinization. You know I don't want to go. Oh, to sure. And if somebody can go visit another one, right? So I talk to everybody through video and do. But I'm doing that. And I'm going home. I'm not doing anything else. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting food from restaurants, you know, that I know and trust, and so we can have some a little bit of normalcy in our life right now. Yeah, yeah, normalcy for sure. I think everybody is is craving a bit of that, and you know, I, obviously, we're still sort of in this uncertainty. We don't know how long the season is going to last, but uh, you know, there will come a time, hopefully weeks, possibly months, where I, I assume that you know, as we get back to a little bit more normalcy and some of this distancing can kind of pull back. I think. I think restaurants, you know, people will be ready to go eat at restaurants again. And it's amazing we live in this world where you told me your sales were down 20%. And I thought, oh, that's great. Do you think it's bottomed out? I mean, do, do you have this feeling that things will start to get back to quote unquote normal see in the next coming, you know, couple of weeks? You know, um, it, my guess, right? So we, we have to watch it too because we're watching our cash balance. Sure. You know, sort of thing is... I think these stay-at-homes uh, in some places are going to be extended. Um, I'm hearing rumor that in Louisiana it might be extended till 
uh, May 15th. And also you're following, you know, like Governor Abbott in Texas, you're hearing he wants people back to work, but doesn't have exact plan yet. And I think the president's about to announce uh, something today. I know, I know the general consensus is to get, get back to work. I just don't know if it's going to be actually at the end of this month uh, or they're going to extend it, you know, a couple of weeks in May or maybe to the end of May. Mm-hmm. I do feel that by June. Um, we'll start getting back to a lot more normalcy. And I think in July, uh, I think people are going to hit restaurants like crazy. I mean, I just from personal, I miss it like crazy. I love our industry because it brings people together yeah. in a joyful way. Right. You yeah. know, and so, um, so I think people are going to, you know, are going to go and they're going to go to restaurants and they're going to go enjoy. Now, you know, you also have a population that has a lot of unemployment in it. And so I think we got some, uh, some decreased spending. And so I think, uh, our industry needs to be resilient and, um, especially to hire in higher average check groups, you mm-hmm. know, have some better, you know, maybe some deals, uh, to where they can still get that business. Cause I think there's going to be you know, a tremendous amount of, uh, of unemployment and not a lot of extra cash for some people. So I think we're going to have to be resilient and have some, have, you know, if you're out of the QSR sector and you have higher average checks, you might want to, uh, consider doing that. And in some ways, this will be reflective of what we went through 10, 11 years ago with the Great Recession, you know, where the discretionary income pulled back, restaurants, you know, did suffer from that. But ultimately, QSR and then definitely fast casual, it seemed kind of emerged um, fairly strong from that because, you know, with the check average being fairly lower, especially than casual dining, they were able to to be that destination for people who are looking for higher quality, but a, a more affordable price point. Do you see, I mean, certainly it seems we're going to be entering a recession out of this. Do you foresee any similarities to what went, went on a decade ago in terms of the positioning for QSR and fast casual? Yeah, I try to, I try to, to give some advice. Look, I, I sound like an older man, you know, 48 now. <laughs> long time but i try to teach these younger folks not teach them just just tell them what i know and it's in in, in a lot of these younger restaurateurs obviously they don't remember they were they weren't even around back for the great recession right and so what the trend happened was you know it went from you know obviously the um the the finer dining restaurants that when discretionary income went that business went down and then so then the next one was then the casual theme restaurants then it went down, but there was trade down, down to the fast casual and to the QSR. But ultimately, mm-hmm. then the Q, fast casual and QSR, we, we held our own for a while, that trade down. And then it was, then, then people went down as well. I mean, QSR, I think, was down 10%, mm-hmm. all, you know, forecasted results. So it's, it's, you know, we're not immune in the, in the QSR segment. And I just try to, you know, try to give that advice like, hey, you need to save your cash, you need to prepare for a downturn. And this was before COVID, right? I mean, I just yeah. and seeing the indicator to say we have to have a recession coming. I mean, shoot, construction costs has been going at six plus for so many years now. It's like you can't maintain that because you know in our in our QSR segment, we can't we can't pass that on to our to our customers, right? And so mm-hmm. something has to give at some point. But yes, I think it, it I think it tracks that same pattern um, after the two thousand eight when it happened. But, you know, just like us, we, we went down and we've always had, you know, double digit same restaurant sales. And we we made a campaign called Win the Dog Fight because mm. we were not going to go down same restaurant sales. So it was it was a tough period. That was after all the trade down had come. You know, we actually maintained our own. And then eventually it did go down for a period of time. But we were also the first to come back up uh, QSR and then eventually fine dining did as well. But mm-hmm. people should look at that and, 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 and track it uh, from before and learn from our history. 
Yeah. Obviously, a big differentiating factor between now and then, too, is the off-premises business. Um, of course, you know, drive through being around for eons and, and drive through as you talked about earlier, has been a, a big factor in keeping restaurants, um, QSRs afloat currently. But then you have these other off-premises channels like third-party delivery that are really helping out, too. When you factor that in, how do you think that's going to help QSR and Fast Casual in particular, which were all really well set up for off-premises leading into COVID? Does that continue to sustain that into whatever period comes after this? You know, I, I think third-party delivery will become more popular. I just I just don't like the margins in it. And we're going to have sure. to put something out to where the third-party delivery people make, make an honest income. And I think they're trying to figure that out as well because obviously it makes sense for the for the casual segments and fine dining because they have way higher average checks when they deliver. But if you're ordering, you know, single QSR meals right now, um, with this up to 30% delivery charges, it just doesn't work unless you pass it on to the consumer, which none of us want to do, but they're just they're going to have to figure out the economics behind it uh, to actually make it, uh, to make it affordable. And uh, yeah. if it does, I think that it's going to, I think that's going to continue to blossom and become a, a, uh, a not only a, a good uh, uh, a tactic for us to all have sales, I think it's a necessary one as well too. People don't always mm-hmm. have a chance to get out. And they also don't have the chance to cook, but they can also get our products. So I hope we'll yeah. figure that out. We've been talking to quite a few of them, and they're all open to uh, try to work on it. And they're working on their own financials right now. So I'm, I'm curious where that will shake out here in the future. Well, and to your earlier point, too, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot more restaurant companies start rolling out drive throughs You already started to see a lot of fast casuals like Chipotle and Cava were doing drive throughs I, I think we'll start seeing a lot more of those, especially fast casual, start exploring the, uh, the drive through lane. Yeah, I did too. Um, you know, it's, but I have talked to so many restaurateurs, you know, it's just what I do, what I love. And then when I explain the development costs behind it, right, it's just, yeah, pads. It's just when you start building these things the way they are, um, it's really expensive to get into. So you just have to have high enough sales to be able to, uh, to afford the, the format. Right, for sure. You mentioned the sneeze guards and the drive-through before as one thing you think will will stick with you after this season. What are some other learnings from the last four weeks that you think will uh, maybe affect the Raising Cane's business down the road? Yeah, I mean, the things like the sneeze guards. Um, you know, I think an, an Uber. I keep using this word Uber. I don't know where I got that from, but it, <laughs> just you know, I was a real intense focus too on just crew members um, on just if they're sick or not. Right. So we have mm-hmm. we they they know we train say hey if you're if you're not feeling well, you know, then call your manager and just don't come to work. But I, but we don't check on it as, as much as, as as we will in the future, right? So now mm-hmm. you survey, when you come in your shift, do you feel well today? And I want that to stay, right? Because if someone comes in and is like, you know, man, I, you know, I, I, actually, I don't feel very well. We're like, well, you don't need to, you don't need to work today because we don't want to pass that on to our customers, or our crew members, you know? So right. I think that's a good thing um, that I've learned through this. The, the, like I said, the Steve's guard on the, on the, on the drive-through, for me personally, you know, I, I just I can't believe I didn't think of that before, right? And like, yeah. that's a positive thing uh, going forward for our business. Um, I think empathy for customers will stay on as well. So, and, I, and I'll explain that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm really, really proud of my crew because we talked about, you know, when like talk this constant and clear communication with the crew, we talked about, hey, in the drive-through, there's a chance that you know a third of the people you're going to see today. They're going to have either lost their job or they're going to know somebody that's deathly ill with COVID. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be things. And just remember, they come to us because because they want a customer. They, they want a smiling face. They want a good hot meal. 
And my crew's always friendly. I'm real proud of them for that. But they've taken it to another level understanding that. And so I think maybe that customer empathy, you don't know any day going through your drive through you don't know what someone's been through, right? And so yeah. being extra friendly, uh, my crew's always been friendly, but I think they'll keep that in mind uh, more as well. Um, you know, we'll continue to do the, um, you know, the, the social distancing things in the restaurants. I, I think, I think we'll naturally not be as close. It'll go back to where we're closer. I mean, a lot of people's kitchens are, you know, I'm talking about as an industry are just really, really tight. You can't make mm-hmm. six feet from each other, but I think people are going to be thinking we've always done the elbow bump. I mean, I've done that back since opened the first restaurant, you know, you don't touch. I think maybe it might be a nod now, you know, versus mm. <laughs> yeah. the you know, and so we always did the elbow because you don't want to cross contaminate, but maybe we don't even need the elbow. We just look at each other and, you know, maybe a little less high fives as well. Uh, we'll fast and, and, and do that and maybe a little less, you know, yeah. Todd, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. And thanks for your insights. 